What a great way to wake up. With a cup of logic, reason, and common sense. Welcome to the Independence Morning View. Let's get to it. Good morning to you wherever you are in the world. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined this morning by Bruce Adams. Good morning, Bruce. How are you this morning? Good morning. Healthy live. Doing well. All right. Uh, let's get into some... Can we stay non-political this morning? Is that even possible? Is, is it possible for us to stay away from politics? I mean, sure. Uh, got some stuff lined up that's not political. Yeah. Because there's plenty to talk about later on today, right? We got plenty of politics to talk on later today. We got vaccine stuff we're going to be talking. We got World Economic Forum stuff we're going to be talking. But no more politics for this morning. I, I did catch a headline that said that... I tell you what, let's talk a little bit about space. We like to talk about space here in the morning. New research refutes signs of life on Venus. Were we expecting signs of life on Venus? And, um, the only reason I'm asking is because I, I watched a, a thing a while back on the Russians when they sent a probe. I mean, like way back when, back in the, the days, I think it was Venus. They sent a probe there. And I think within like 20 minutes or something, it couldn't stand up to the pressure and it was crushed. Yeah, so, between the heat and the pressure. Yeah. Yeah. So the temperature is like 400 degrees and the pressure is so immense. Why would we expect to find life on such a desolate place? Well, uh, back in September of last year, uh, researchers claimed to have detected trace uh, amounts of phosphine gas in the planet's acidic clouds. Now, phosphine is uh, a released by microorganisms. Well, here on Earth, anyway. Uh, so <laughs> they thought maybe there was life on Venus. Uh, maybe, maybe there was something up there. Well, they looked into it and uh, determined that the radio telescope they used to um, detect this was miscalibrated. And the phosphine that was detected was actually in a cloud layer that destroys molecules within seconds. So, so nothing can survive there. So, yeah, basically, this uh, the team had deter- determined that the initial detection did not come from the hellish planet's cloud layer, but in the upper atmosphere where molecules would be destroyed within seconds, blaming the confusion on a miscalibration of a radio telescope. So I'm curious, the probe that they sent there, the Russians sent there, does that mm-hmm. mean that it would be completely de- demolecularized? Uh, well, uh, basically what they're meaning is, is uh, the molecules would not be... It's not like, you know, Star Trek and just completely evaporated with the, you know, the highest setting on the phaser. It's it's in the sense of the molecules break down into their base components, if you will, because of the the sheer heat and everything. It just breaks things down and causes the cohesion to to be lost, more or less. So it's just high heat and, and pressure and everything. I see. So the combination of the two, it caused, okay, so basically anything that we send there is not going to, like, it'll eventually just be obliterated over time. Uh, Yeah, I mean, theoretically, we could build something that might be able to withstand Venus for a time, but uh, you're you're running into the situation of how you're going to cool it. I mean, this thing is, uh, the, the surface is 800 degrees Fahrenheit on average. So how are you going to, you know, keep that uh, device cool uh, in in that kind of a hellscape to get photographic images or or video or or sensor readings or anything on the surface? So that's kind of the the problem. So you you could probably build something that would survive for a time, 
uh, kind of like what the Russians did, but eventually it's just going to fail because uh, computer chips as they stand, I believe it's about 200 to 250 degrees is about their breaking point. At that point, yeah, it's, it's, it's about 250 or so, pretty much guaranteed breakdown. Yeah, it would make more sense for us to go the other way, right? Like Mars and the moon. You know, like, let's let's go that way because hotter and, and more pressure towards the sun and it's going to be cooler and a little bit easier away from the sun. I mean, it's I mean, it, it stands to reason. I, I personally, as a scientist, I, uh, you know, if if I was in that world, I would love to be able to build a, a drone or something or work on a project oh, to sure. help design for, a drone for to research. land on Venus. For oh, yeah, research. For research. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But as far as like establishing anything there, I mean, it, yeah, it's just, like, oh, yeah, it's just yeah. not feasible. No, I, I don't think that was their intention anyway. If, if we understand what's going on on Venus, it might actually help us understand um, physics a little better, you know, and under, understand what, what goes on. Because, you know, this is a Venus is very unique. The rotation on its axis is actually in reverse from all the other planets. It is super hot and, you know, dense atmosphere, all that kind of stuff. Somewhat similar size to Earth. So, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's an interesting it's an interesting place. You had mentioned something yesterday offline. You said you wanted to talk about it. Uh, the Hubble Space Telescope is being replaced? Yes, uh, it is being replaced by the James Webb Telescope. Um, it is to be launched in, I'm wanting to say, October of this year, um, somewhere around the 20th. Uh, they're they're looking to to have it launched. And this telescope will replace the Hubble. The Hubble's been up there for a while, right? It, it, yeah, it's, we're 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 pushing like 25, 30 years now on on Hubble. I think uh, it's yeah, it's it's been up there for quite some time, and we've we've gotten a good good use amount of use out of it for sure, and, and we've made a lot of significant discoveries with it. So I mean, that's that goes without saying. But this one, apparently, this is going to be upgraded, brought up to modern standards, and will it be? I mean, we're we looking at something that's going to be able to. To allow us to explore further than what Hubble will uh, let us do. So currently, this one is a uh, the primary mirror is six point five meters in size. Uh, it is a large infrared telescope. The telescope is going to be launched on an Ariane five. Uh, so that I believe that's from France in twenty twenty one. This was also oh, created hold before on. space. Hold on, a couple of things there that don't mix: space and French. Uh, yeah, there. I didn't uh, know the French had a space program. Since when did that happen? Uh, I don't know that it's the French space program or if it's an EU space program. I I, I really don't know. Um, the uh, it's going to be launched from one of their uh, colonies, I think. Interesting. Let me, let me see here. Uh, it's going to be launched from French Guiana in 2021. The telescope uh, originally. They've been working on this one for a good 18 years or so. I mean, this one's been in development for a long time. They're hoping to observe things like uh, or, or uh, learn more about, I guess, uh, things like the Big Bang or some of the other, you know, basically they're looking for signs of how the universe was created. But in the, in the meantime, they'll also be able to do other projects, kind of like the Hubble. It's kind of sort of what the Hubble was meant for, the original mission, but Obviously, we've used it for a lot of other things in the process and have made lots of discoveries, disproved some theories involving dark matter and so on and so forth. So it's, it's yeah, uh, another thing about this telescope that's kind of a big deal. Um, it has programmable uh, micro shutters. 
which enable this uh, telescope to observe up to 100 objects simultaneously. That's interesting. Huh. Yeah, the, the question was, you mentioned dark matter there, and there was a question that was posed the other day. It says, how heavy is dark matter? Scientists radically narrow potential mass range for the first time. Scientists have calculated a range for dark matter, and it's tighter than the science world thought. Their findings due to be published in, a, in Physics Letters B in March radically narrow the range of potential masses for dark matter particles. Uh, the University of Sussex researchers used the established fact that gravity acts on dark matter just as it acts on the visible universe to work out the lower and upper limits of dark matter's mass. Results show that dark matter cannot be either ultralight or super heavy, as some have theorized, unless an as unless an as yet undiscovered force also acts upon it. Uh, let me see. So the let me see. The team used the assumption that the only force acting on dark matter is gravity. What makes the discovery even more significant is that if it turns out that the mass of dark matter is outside the range of predicted by the Sussex team, then it will also prove that an additional force, as well as gravity, acts on dark matter. Could you explain this to me? What does this mean? You hear, so, you hear about dark matter. What what exactly, like, so what, what are they... What are they saying here? They're, they're saying dark matter. Okay, so originally they were saying that dark matter was probably like really, really light. They were they were thinking it was going to be on the like close to zero uh, in, in weight. You know, they, they were speculating that it was traveling at near or speeds of light in some cases. They were, I mean, there was a lot of speculation involved with that, uh, what dark matter is, you know, because we, we don't know what it is. So we're, we're just so it is testing theoretical. all the theories. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's it's still theoretical. But yet you're saying that this, this new telescope could bear relevance into something trying to either prove or disprove that theory. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they've had theories involving uh, dark matter and black holes. And see, when, when you get to those extremes, you can really test the theories of dark matter. So what they're saying here is um, basically we don't know what dark matter is. And we're looking to experiment and test these theories. And uh, if, if they prove one theory, then that means other things can't be true. And if they disprove it and can repeatedly disprove it, uh, then, uh, you know, something else means it's true. So on, like, like, that, like they're saying, there, there could be multiple forces of, of affecting dark matter. We do know it exists because of the some findings from the, uh, the Tiedron Collider uh, experiments. Uh, they basically showed that there was signs, indeed signs of dark matter existing. So I guess technically it's still still a theory, but it's pretty well an accepted theory that dark matter exists at this point. They're just looking to better prove it, if you will. I see. Well, speaking of telescopes, the, uh, sorry, I was trying to get this wrong. Arcebo Observatory, you know, the one down in Puerto Rico, mm -hmm. you know, the, the big mm -hmm. one, everybody, like it, everybody's seen that. You might not know it by the name, but that's the one that was featured in, um, uh, in some films over the years. I think it was featured in a couple of James Bond films uh, and so on and so forth. But that telescope that collapsed, you know, the, uh, what that thing weigh, like 900 tons or whatever it was. Yeah, it was 900 tons for the... Yeah, yeah, that, and there's uh, a yeah, yeah. There's a uh, there's a YouTube video out there that you can go and and watch. You can see the actual collapse. It was like the camera was running at the time, uh, and there's like drone footage and everything above it. And it's just yeah, it's crazy. But um, now there's an investigation that's been launched, uh, and there's a preliminary investigation that offers a possible cause of what might have happened. Uh, and they're saying that. Engineers have been investigating the cables since August because the cable snapped. And they said crews have been cleaning up the debris and monitoring environmental concerns since the collapse. Uh, since the collapse, the observatory director, uh, Francisco Cordova, said during a panel discussion held on January 21st, the site cleanup and the debris removal is really ongoing. 
uh, or is ongoing, I uh, told the panel, which is focused on the small solar system objects like asteroids in order to inform the National Academies Committee. It's putting together the document that will shape planetary science project. Okay, whatever. In general, though, he thinks he sees he thinks that the investigation is moving in the right direction, and they're trying to figure out how to salvage the uh, the reflector dish, which that thing would already, that thing had already taken damage in in the initial stages. I mean, it, like that that already had damage done to it. So I don't think you can save that, especially when you've got that thing that collapsed down on top of it. I mean, it's not really possible. You might be able to salvage some of the metals and just reforge them and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. In um, that sense, yeah. Every purpose. Yeah. But as far as, because uh, seeing the footage and stuff, one of the support cables, one of the secondary support cables broke. And then another one uh, came unseated from the, um, um, you know, how they're mounted. It's, it's like they have a cable and it's like uh, kind of in a, uh, U-shape and they clamp it down and they have a bolt holding it in place on this big pillar and it came loose of that and they couldn't replace it or, you know, put it back because they were too concerned about, you know, uh, risks and whatnot. Um, so basically at that point, it was just waiting for it to collapse more or less uh, at that point. And, you know, here we are. So now they, they will, um, you know, like I said, salvage the bits that are left. And, you know, yeah, uh, they've got two they've got two investigations that are going on at the moment uh, into what caused its collapse. One investigation focuses on the so-called auxiliary cables, which you just mentioned. Uh, these 12 cables were added in the 1990s when the observatory installed the massive hanging dome that distinguishes the telescope's uh, appearance. In the first movie, Contact, from its previous cameo in James Bond's Goldeneye, the first cable to fail was one of these auxiliary cables, which slipped out of its socket where it connected to one of the three supporting towers surrounding the dish, which is what you mentioned. I thought that I thought that instrument thing at the top, I thought that that had always been there. They added that later. I thought that would had always been there as well. I, I thought, thought that so was too. part of the, the whole thing. But yeah, yeah. They say that the preliminary investigations revealed that there was a manufacturing error in those cables. In particular, the socket or the socketing the socketing procedure wasn't done appropriately, and that led to the advanced degradation of that particular structural element. Uh, but the final forensics investigation is still to be completed. A second one focuses on the main cables, which are the original to the telescope's to the telescope's construction in the early 1960s. It was one of these main cables that snapped in November, uh, despite engineers' estimates that it was only carrying about 60% of the weight, which it should have been able to withstand. So, yeah, it's one of the two theories that they're working with right now. <laughs> and those cables are massive. Seeing the drone footage and oh, looking yeah. at it, those things are huge. Oh, yeah. And when that thing snapped, I mean, you could see like one of those towers. I mean, it just snapped off like a twig. It yeah. was, I mean, it was like it didn't even matter. One that was up on that hillside. Just mm -hmm. crazy. Mm -hmm. Did ripped it up. And then uh, when the cable hit the dish, you can just see right where the cable hit because it just rips through that dish where it lands. Can you imagine standing oh, yeah. in front of that? Oh, you, you wouldn't have a prayer. You wouldn't have a prayer. I, I know of stories of guys working on oil rigs that when one of those cables break, yeah. uh, it is not pretty. Which, speaking of, I actually had a cousin die on an oil rig. It um, fell over. He was in the crow's nest. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, well, I mean, you know, good morning. You know, that's a great morning topic for you, you know. But yeah, but I mean, that that's that it happens. Yeah, but being a roughneck, man, that's that's dangerous work, right? You get hazard it, it pay. It's very dangerous. Yeah, yep, you get hazard pay. All right, Elon Musk. He's supposedly at one of the uh, the genesis uh, factors in this GameStop AMC mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. stock deal thing. Well, specifically the GameStop bit, because right. Well, yeah, yeah the GameStop triggered the the AMC thing, yeah. and now they're saying that it's uh, like these these people they're going nuts. They're talking like CNN's talking about how these are neo Nazis and what's look. Let me explain something to you. Neo Nazis they don't have any money. 
right? There's like, what What are neo-Nazis in the U.S.? That's like, what, 12 guys at a Sunoco station in Phoenix? Right, seriously? Like, that's it. So they don't have any money, okay? They're, they're mostly just a bunch of welfare people that have that have no teeth, right? That's, that's what you consider a neo-Nazi. Uh, Elon Musk accuses Discord of going corpo. What the hell's corpo? <laughs> going corpo? After it shut down Wall Street Bets channel. So they actually shut down a channel, mm-hmm. and now he's saying they they're going corpo. I, do you know? Do you know? Is that a meme? I, I'm, it, it's it's going to be meme term for um, corpo being like Stasi or you know something something on that level. Oh, I got you. Corporate. I got you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Discord claims the ban was due to hate speech that had nothing to do with the extraordinary impact of retail investors who use the channel. Uh, it's and its counterpart on Reddit, which they're talking about going after re- and regulating Reddit now because of this. We were uh, we're having professional short sellers who profit from falling share prices. However. Musk was among many people who came to the conclusion that the timing of the ban was far more than a coincidence. The world's richest person gave his analysis of the situation in a concise tweet. Even Discord has gone corpo, he says. It's supposedly, this was from Twitter, and I don't know how accurate it is, but it's from the uh, from that uh, subreddit there. Apparently, Musk has a vendetta against the firm that was involved here, and the name is escaping me here. I was trying to look at the the small firm. They own Robinhood, which is the app they were using to do the betting. Melvin Capital. So Melvin Capital had basically screwed over Elon Musk uh, years back and then flaunted it. And Musk uh, apparently uh, held a grudge to that. Right. You know, so do you know what I was always told in the business world? Do you know what I was always told? Don't burn your bridges on the way up because they're going to be the same bridges you're going to have to cross on the way back down. Yeah. 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 So uh, basically what ended up happening is uh, one member of this uh, subreddit spent $56,000 and bought 50,000 shares in GameStop and then encouraged other members of this subreddit to buy shares as well well, and hold on to them. That triggered a short squeeze. And Melvin decided they were going to buy in stocks before the prices went up so they could get some money out of it as well. Well, they dumped money into it and the value of the stock soared. It went from literally like $2 uh, to $330. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Bruce, are you saying that the grassroots are taking a fight to the... Uh... To the Wall Street guys? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So how dare they, you? How dare not you? Only, they not only took it to took the fight to them, but they made bank at the same time. <laughs> uh, 50,000 shares, right? $56,000. He bought 50,000 shares. 50,000 shares now at $330 was uh, one of the high points. If he would have sold at that point, that's a good chunk of change, man. It is. Um, it is. Well, I can do you know, how, how does it man. how does it feel, right? I guess it, in in my in my humble opinion, right? All you Wall Street guys, you should have bought GameStop. You should have, right? Why didn't you buy it on the way up? When you saw the calls coming in, why didn't you take it? I would have. Hell. And that wasn't the only one. That chain that started a chain reaction. And the cinema chain AMC same thing happened to them, as well as BlackBerry, right? BlackBerry, of all things. Hell, I thought BlackBerry is, was uh, was dead. I haven't seen BlackBerry for years. Last I heard, I think Google bought them or something. That, that was the last I heard. I didn't even know that they were still around. 
I I did. Uh, I I don't think I knew that as well. It, it's it's cra- They would have made okay. If this person would have sold the peak at its peak, it was three hundred and forty-seven dollars and fifty-one cents at the peak. If they would have sold at that point, they would have made seventeen million three hundred and we'll say twenty thousand uh, is how much they would have made in profit. Do you know what I think is funny about this whole thing is? They're getting on to like some short sellers to do this, right? They're they're getting on to these guys for doing this, and so they're they're jumping all over these people. They're calling them white supremacists. They're calling them terrorists. They're calling them you know whatever uh, neo Nazis, you, you name it, right? Anti Semitic. CNN's talking about how this is anti Semitic because it goes against like some uh, Jewish head fund or something. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's complete nonsense, right? It's lunacy. So they're talking about that, but at the same time. I think back to what happened a year ago, literally about this time last year, Bill Ackman. Does anybody remember who Bill Ackman was? He was that guy that was all over TV and all over social media screaming about how everything was going to collapse and we're looking at a doomsday scenario here. And the dude makes $2 billion in like a day. And so, oh, oh, look, here's Bill Ackman. He made he made two billion dollars because he bet he went out there and he fear. He panicked the market into a dive is what he did. Okay, the guy single handedly did that. Okay, bravo to him for scaring the hell out of people. But nobody called him a domestic terrorist. He was praised by economists for making that much money. Oh, he he. Yeah, he that was a great play by him. Only because they couldn't think of it themselves. Yeah, it was an individual person that did it that time. This time. Which you, you could you could slander the individual person more or you know more effectively if you will than you can slander the people that were a part of the subreddit. These are just average. We don't even know the real names of m- many of these people that were involved. So which they you shouldn't uh, honestly. You don't need to know the real names of these people. Honestly, I think well played is is my my uh, opinion of this. That's one of the risks you run as a hedge fund. You know, when you get a bunch of people get get together and they squeeze the market like that. Sorry, I mean, not sorry. Yeah, whatever, man. You're a hedge fund, right? I mean, you're you're a Wall Street person, right? You're you're a Wall you're a bunch of Wall Street guys up there. You know how to deal with the losses and recoup. You know what? You'll go to another firm. That's how it always is. Uh, these Wall Street guys, they go in and out of these firms all the time. So they'll find another firm to go work for. All right. Well, the problem of this though is it's going to spur more regulation. That's the only downside to it. Yeah. Is yeah. you're gonna you're gonna see the people, the elites go. We can't have these average people have a means to make so much oh, money. Oh, no, so no, God, no. So no, we, no, we no. have to regulate it. And later on today, we're going to be talking about just how much the elites care about us. Yeah, we're going to talk about a lot of that today. Yeah. Anyway, all right, we're out of time, so we are going to have to go. But thank you for sitting down this morning, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. And for all these topics and more, please check us out later on this afternoon. And I hope everyone has a great morning.